Welcome to the 180 Ministry Podcast. Please check us out at the1-80.org. Praise the Lord. Church, earlier this week, I received a text message from one of my mentors. And that text message was a simple four-word text. And as I read that text message, I thought, these are the same four words that he's been telling me for the past two weeks. So I began to have this conversation with myself. Uh, I know I'm not the only one that has a conversation with their self. Come on now. Well, I began to have this conversation with myself, and I said, Self, why is he sending me this four-word text? And he's been telling me this for the past two weeks. And something in me said, well, why don't you ask him? Well, I know my mentor. My mentor, he wants me to think. He wants me to think first spiritually, then he wants me to think mentally, then he wants me to think physically. Now, as I begin to look at that message, and I know someone is saying, well, what are the four words that he texted you? What is the four words that he was saying to you for the past two weeks? Well, the four words that he gave me was the title of this message today, in times like these. And so as I begin to think, as I begin to conceive, as I begin to envision, as I begin to place myself in times like these, in times like these of COVID-19, in times like these of uncertainty, in times like these of indecision, in times like these of division, in times like these of suspicion, in times like these, in times like these of uncertainty, uncertain whether or not I am going to have a job next week because the company that I work for might not even be in existence next week. So many companies today are going out of business. So many people are losing their jobs in times like these. In times like these of uncertainty, in times like these of indecision. Indecision of whether or not do I take this paycheck that I just received Friday, do I put it toward the mortgage of the house, or do I put it toward the car note, or do I put it toward the college fund for the kids' education? Indecision because of uncertainty. Uncertain as to whether or not I might not have a job next week. In times like these, in times like these of division and suspicion, as I am driving down the road, and as I hear the sirens, and as I look into the rearview mirror, and I see the flashing lights of the officer in the car, and as I pull over to the side of the road, and as this police officer gets out his car, and as he walks toward my vehicle, Suspicion, will this sworn officer of the law, will he uphold the standards of the law by the way he was trained 
or will he uphold the standard of the law by what he thinks, what he feels, and what he believes in times like these? In times like these, what do we need? If someone were to ask you that question, what would you say? Well, in times like these, what do we need? Some folk may say that we need a cure to this coronavirus. I saw on the news yesterday that they expect to have a vaccine for this in the summer of 2021. In times like these, what do we need? Some people say that we may need leadership. Some people say we may need new leadership. I understand in the upcoming months that they're going to have the presidential election. In times like these, what do we need? Some people may say, well, we need an end to this racial injustice. In times like these, what do we need? Now, if someone was to present that question to me, my response, for my response, I would have to take you back to the 1970s. So, if you will, travel back with me to the 1970s. You see, in the 1970s, there was a singer by the name of Jackie DeShannon. And Sister Ellen, Jackie DeShannon sung a song that was written by a man by the name of Burt Bacharach. And in the year of 1970, in the seventh month, that song became number seven in the U.S. hot song list. Now, what was the name of that song? The name of that song was this, What the World Needs Now It's Love, Sweet Love. And I know somebody's out there probably saying, well, Brother Pringle, what does love got to do with it? Well, in order for me to explain that, then I have to return back to the year 2020. So follow me to 2020. You see, in times like these of uncertainty, in times like these of indecision, in times like these of division, in times like these of suspicion, what the world needs now is love. What we need is love. Why? Because love is the key element in the equation that leads to our eternal salvation. Let me say that again. Love is the key element in the equation that leads to our eternal salvation. Now, I see that some people are still a little puzzled about what I'm talking about. So allow me, if you will, to invite you to the equation. So I ask you, I invite you to turn with me to our scripture text for today. John chapter 3, verse 16. And I know that this verse is a very popular verse. I know that some people have it memorized in their minds. Some people have it instilled in their hearts. But while you're turning to John chapter 3, verse 16, allow me to share this with you. When I was going to school in elementary school, Yes, Elder Jerry, I can remember back that far, praise God. Um, when I was going to elementary school, one of my favorite subjects was mathematics. Now, understand this. 
I did not say algebra. I did not say geometry. I did not say trigonometry. I said mathematics because Sister Ellen, Sister Ellen is our treasure here. Sister Ellen, I understood basic mathematics. I understood that one plus one plus one equals three. And I also understood that if I was to subtract, take away, or remove any one of those ones, that I would not equal three. Well, so it is in the natural, so it also is in the spiritual. In the book of John, chapter three, verse number 16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, church, the equation that I'm speaking of is this. God plus love plus Jesus equals eternal salvation. Now, I know, Elder, I know, I know, I know. Somebody is saying, Brother Pringle, you forgot about the belief part. We've got to believe. You've got to include belief in the equation. And you are absolutely correct. Believe is very important, but believe is not part of this equation. Believe is what we have to do. That's another equation. That's another sermon. Believe is what we have to do. I'm talking about what God has done. In that equation, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if you were to take love out of that equation, then God has no reason to send his only begotten son, which means we have no salvation. What's love got to do with it? Love's got everything to do with it. In fact, if I was to take love out of that equation, then I would have to take God out of the equation. Woo! Oh, did, did I say that? Did, did I say that? Praise the Lord. If I were to take love out of the equation, then I would have to take God out of the equation. Now, for some of you who still don't know what I'm talking about, allow me to tell you what I'm talking about. No, let me allow the word of God to tell you. Turn to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 8. The Bible says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So if we are to take love out of that equation, that means we have to take God out of that equation. And if we have to take God out of that equation, then are we not like the world? Has not the world taken God out of the equation? Have they not subtracted him? Have they not dismissed him? Can, can, can I go back to school for a moment? Can I go back to school for a moment? You see, when I was in school, and I used to go to public school, so, but when I used to go to school, we used to have prayer before class. They no longer do that. They no longer do that. When I was in school, when I was in school after the prayer, if I could remember correctly, I know my mind is getting a little old, but I remember that after the prayer, the announcements would come over the loudspeaker. Then everyone would stand up, 
They would face the front of the class. They would turn to the left corner of the front of the class because in the left corner of the front of the class, hanging from the ceiling, was the United States flag. And every one of us took our right hand, we placed it over our left chest, and we said the pledges of allegiance. You know the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and for the republic for which it stands. Stop. They no longer do that anymore. And do you know why? Because of the very next verse, that verse that says, one nation under God. We have dismissed, subtracted, taken away God. In times like these, what do we need? We need love. And I'm talking about not the love of the world. I know somebody say, well, Brother Pringle, we got love. We got love. Yes, you are right. I've, I've heard it time and time again throughout the world. But they, the world throws that word love around so frivolously. I, I heard someone say, I love the Washington football team. I heard someone else say, I love the Baltimore Ravens. I heard another person say, I love chocolate cake. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, the Washington football team, they probably do not even know your name. The Baltimore Ravens, they probably never heard of you. In chocolate cake, the only thing it gives you is the satisfaction of your sweet tooth and it'll make you gain a lot of weight. I'm not talking about that type of love. I'm talking about that godly, agape, unconditional type love. That type of love that Jesus Christ demonstrated while hanging on the cross. They, they told me, church, that they said that they hung him on the cross and before lifting him up, they nailed his hands and his feet. They tell me, church, that they lifted up that cross. And the Bible says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And they lifted it up and they dropped that cross down into the hole. And it says well, when it dropped, Jesus, his hands went down, his feet went down. But they tell me that the nails kept him on the cross. Well, I'm here today, church, to tell you that it was not the nails that kept him on the cross. It was his love. It was the love that he had for you, the love that he had for me, that kept him on that cross. You see, while hanging on that cross, Jesus looked down at the foot of that cross, and he saw his mother. He saw that beloved disciple, John. He saw the women that followed him to the cross. When he looked to one side of him, he saw that thief who said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He saw all those that accepted him. And it was his love for them that kept him on that cross. But church, let me tell you this. Also while hanging on that cross, Jesus looked down and he saw those that rejected him. He saw the ones that said, if thou be the son of God, then come down off that cross. He looked down and he saw the ones that say, he saved others, let him save himself. And while hanging on that cross, he looked to the other side of him and he saw that thief that said, if you be the son of God, save yourself and save us as well. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is he died not only for those that accepted him, but he also died for those that rejected him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God did not wait until you accepted him into your life before he loved you. 
God did not wait until you opened up your heart and allowed Jesus to come in before he started loving you. God did not wait until you were baptized before he started loving you. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse number 8, the Bible says, but God, I got to stop there, but God, because every time I hear that word, but God, I get excited because I know something magnificent, something fabulous is about to come. The Bible says, but God commended, he demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, church, when you were out there in the world, when you were doing your dirt, when you was messing up, when you was indulging in your sin, when you was out there rejecting God, when you was tore up from the floor up, messed up from the head up, God still loved you. God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the type of love that we're talking about in times like these. What do we need? We're not talking about that worldly type love. That love does not compare to this godly, agape, unconditional type love that God has shown unto us. In fact, every type of love is less than that. In fact, the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 15, I believe verse 13, the Bible says, greater love have no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Let me, the first word, greater love, no love is greater than that. All other loves that not compare. Jesus said, greater love have no man than that, that a man lay down his life for his friends. But then, in the very next verse, Jesus says that you are my friend. You are my friend. You are my friend. I didn't say that. The Bible says it. Look at, look at verse number 14. He says that ye are my friends. So my question now is this. In times like these, what do we need? We need love. We need that agape, godly, unconditional type love. So my question to you is this, if Jesus demonstrated that love towards us, and if Jesus called you his friends, and, and Sister Ellen, there's another song that I love, it says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. So if Jesus is your friend, and he said that you are his friends. And if your friend Jesus laid down his life for you, should you not lay down your life for him? He sacrificed his life for you. Should you not sacrifice your life for him? Oh, oh, oh Brother Pringle, I, I, I know what, I hear what you're saying, but Brother Pringle, I, what you telling me to hang on a cross? No, I'm asking you to pick up your cross daily. I'm asking you to pick up your cross daily and follow him. Right. Let, me, let me explain it to you this way. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And in that passage of scripture, it tells us that we are a chosen generation. 
that we are a royal priesthood, that we are a holy nation, that we are a peculiar people, that we may show forth the praises of him who have called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. You are a peculiar people. You are. You are. Don't. And I know some people are saying, well, how am I peculiar? You know, I know it's some folks that see you leave out your house every Sabbath day. And when you come and they ask you, where you going? And you say, I'm going to church. And they probably look at you and they probably scratch their head and say, well, everybody else go to church on Sunday. You're a weird person. Well, if they say that to you, understand this. Tell them, God bless you. Tell them, thank you. Because we are a peculiar people. We are different from the world. You are a peculiar people. You are a holy nation. You are a chosen generation. Let me say that again. You are a chosen generation. But what you also are, are a royal priesthood. Pray the Lord. Somebody know where I'm going with this, elder. You are a royal priesthood. And back in the days, one of the responsibilities of the priests were to offer sacrifices. Now, hold on. I don't want nobody leaving up out of here, going down to Petco Pet Shop and telling them that you need a turtle dove or you need a lamb. And when they ask you why, you're going to say, well, Brother Pringle said I need to make a sacrifice because I'm a royal priesthood. No, Brother Pringle is not saying that. Brother Pringle is saying that we are a royal priesthood, and that's not the type of sacrifice that we are talking about because that sacrifice was done away with the cross, that type of sacrifice. The sacrifice that I'm talking about, we'll find it in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. The Bible says, because I don't want nobody leaving up out here saying Brother Pringle said, but the Bible says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, I beg you, I plead with you, I implore you by the mercies of God. His mercies are new each and every morning. That's why you got to take up your cross daily. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So what type of sacrifice do you need to make? Well, I think you know better than anybody else. You know what type of sacrifice you need to make for the Lord. You know that sin that easily besets you. You know that habit that you continue to indulge in. You know that mistake that you make time and time and time and time again. You know that addiction that you have that you have not yet overcome. You know the sacrifice that you need to make. And I know somebody, somebody out there saying, well, Brother Pringle, you just don't know how hard it is to do that sacrifice. You don't know how much it'll hurt if you think about how much Jesus hurt. When he hung on that cross, when he had those crown of thorns stuck in his head, after he had got whipped, beaten, spit upon, when he got nailed to that cross, whatever you are called to sacrifice cannot compare to what our Savior and Lord did for you. In times like these, 
what do we need? We need love. We need that godly, agape, unconditional type love. And if anyone wants confirmation to that last verse, then turn with me to the book of 316 again. But this time, not John 316. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We opened with John 3.16, so let us close with 1 John 3.16. The Bible says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. In other words, not only sacrifice for Christ, but let us sacrifice for our brothers. Sacrifice for our sisters. Do not let the Sabbath day be the only day that you speak to a brother or sister. Do not turn away a brother or sister when they call you and they just need to talk about the Lord. You never know. They may need an uplifting word for you. Sacrifice a little time. Sacrifice. In times like these, what do we need? We need love. But this world has taken away that love. They've taken away God. In closing, let me share this story with you. I recall hearing about a young lady who had just gotten off work. She worked at Walmart. And it was around 9 o'clock at night. And as she got out, it was dark. She went to her car. And when she was getting in her car, she saw a young man coming out of the store as well. And the young man went behind her car and he got into the back of his truck. He got into, he had a four by four large pickup truck with those huge wheels on it. And the man got into his truck. The lady started her car. The man started his truck. The lady waited for a while and then she pulled off. And when she looked in the rearview mirror, she noticed that the man in the truck pulled off right behind her. And as she exited out of the shopping center, she noticed that the truck was still behind her. When she got to the light, she stopped and she noticed that the truck stopped right behind her. But the truck had inched a little closer to her vehicle. So as the light turned green and she made a left, she noticed that the truck made a left turn as well. And as she began to speed up, she noticed that the truck sped up. So she decided, okay, I'm going to move over to the side of into the next lane. And when she did that, the truck did not pass, but it moved over into that lane, staying right behind her. So as the woman began to speed up, because she now became suspicious, she sped up and she said, I want to get away from this truck. And as she began to drive faster, the truck drove faster. And then the woman saw that a gas station was still open and a little convenience store that was connected to the gas station was still open. So she pulled into that gas station real quick. She pucked her car and she jumped out of her car and she ran into the convenience store. And when she ran into the convenience store, she told the young men in there, there's a man out in that truck and he's following me. And when the men came out of the store, sure, right, the man in the truck was still there. He had gotten out of his truck. He walked to her car. 
he opened the back door and he pulled out a young man that had been hiding in the back seat of her car. You see, the man's truck was up high and it looked down low and was able to see that young man in that car. The young lady was running from the very help in which was trying to give her. In times like these, what do we need? We need love. We need God. But this world, we've been subtracting, taking away, dismissing, running away from the very help that we need. In times like these, what do we need? We need love. And God is love. Please look us up online at the1-80.org and at the 180 YouTube channel. Please reach out to us with any questions or prayer requests. Until next time, thanks for listening.